On the 27th of April 2012, Victoria's worst ever killer, Brendan James Sukaluk, 42, was sent to prison for deliberately lighting the Churchill fire in the Latrobe Valley on February the 7th, 2009. The Churchill District Holocaust directly caused the deaths of 10 people by arson on the day that will live forever as Black Saturday, a day of extreme heat and catastrophic fire conditions fanned by gale-force winds that burned 36,000 hectares and destroyed 156 homes. In sentencing Sukaluk, Justice Paul Coughlin said that the former Country Fire Authority volunteer had started the blaze at two locations alongside highly inflammable eucalypt and pine plantations. Justice Coughlin pointed out that while he believed Sukaluk would have been aware of the damage the fire could cause, he had satisfied the court that he did not mean to harm anyone, indicating that had he intended killing people, the sentence would have been much greater. The judge said the task of sentencing Sukaluk was very difficult, particularly considering that he was intellectually disabled. Justice Coughlin sent Sukaluk to prison for a minimum 14 years. Sukaluk had already served almost three years pre-sentence detention and providing he didn't light any fires in prison, he will be released in 2023. But was it long enough? Just 14 years for 10 lives, unintentional or not? Seems as though a life sentence in prison would have been much more appropriate given the horrific deaths, the physically and mentally scarred survivors, the unimaginable pain of the families and loved ones of the deceased and the injured and the incalculable loss of homes, livestock, pets and wildlife. But having said that, there are so few cases that we can compare to that of the deliberately lit Churchill fire to see if they also got the same sentence wrong. But sadly, there is another such case of a similar nature in more ways than one where they did get it right. It wasn't a bushfire, but a private hotel in the early hours of the morning where many innocent citizens met their deaths. People had long been tucked into bed and virtually stood no chance of survival at all. It became known as the Savoy Hotel Murders. In 1975, Sydney's King's Cross wasn't much well, much difference to what it is today, probably a little noisier. Spruikers touted for business in the front of the strip joints. Uh, street hookers with heroin nods offered their uh, services to anyone just wandering past. And the bikies gathered menacingly in the alcove opposite McDonald's in the main street of Darlinghurst Road, as they still do to this day. Next door to the Pink Panther strip joint was a brothel on the first floor and above that was the well-established and respectable Savoy Private Hotel which catered for the budget-conscious traveller and some permanent local residents. One of those local residents was 24-year-old cook Reginald 
John Little, who lived in room 33. On Christmas Eve 1975, the Savoy was booked out, full house, as was the case this time every year as the vacant rooms quickly filled up with travellers, mainly from the bush, who flocked to the cross to soak up the revelry and decadence on offer. But despite the merriment and good cheer, Reg Little was having a terrible time. His boyfriend Warren, who had promised to stay with Little that night at the Savoy and spend Christmas Day with him, was nowhere to be found. After hours of searching for his friend, Little gave up and spent the rest of the night and into the late morning trolling the gay bars in search of someone, anyone, to spend the night with, but he lucked out there also. Alone and dejected, Reg Little returned to the Savoy at around 5am and let himself in with his residence key through a back door. Once inside, he noticed a large pile of papers in the rear foyer and out of frustration after his fruitless night, set fire to them and made his way up the stairs and went to bed. Within 10 minutes, the building was engulfed by a fireball that was sucked up the old-fashioned wooden stairway in the deadly draught up the four floors to the roof, setting everything in its path ablaze as it raged. Still awake, Little fled for his life, while others' guests, woken by the blaze, did the best they could. One man threw his baby out of a window into the arms of rescuers. A naked lady scaled a drainpipe to safety. Many of the guests who fled to the roof to escape leapt into the open arms of the prostitutes on the roof of the brothel at the Kingsdoor Hotel next door. But those less fortunate who were sound asleep in their rooms didn't stand a chance as they inhaled the deadly carbon monoxide fumes and were burned alive in their beds. By the time police and firemen had finished their terrible task, of the 60 guests, 15 had died and 25 more were seriously injured. At the time, it was Australia's worst ever fire tragedy. Police didn't have to look too far for a culprit. Desperately in search of recognition, a loud-mouthed Reg Little told reporters of, of how he had rescued people when in fact he had stumbled and fallen, rendering himself unconscious and had to be rescued. When Reg Little began a petition for stricter fire regulations in the older buildings in the cross, he raised eyebrows and he was never off the phone to newsrooms offering him for interviews about the fire. When police checked Little out, they found he had set fire to a shop in Newcastle after an argument with his father in 1968 and lit a grass fire next to a wool shed and set fire to a billiard table after losing his job in 1975. He also had petty convictions which included stealing from a church. When questioned, Little readily admitted setting fire to the papers in the Savoy, but claimed he did not realise people would be killed. At his trial, Reg Little was sentenced to life imprisonment, where it was later reduced to a minimum of 28 years. Well into his sentence, it was revealed 
that since 1993 little had been released from St Helier's prison farm near Musselbrook on day leave to work as a volunteer with the local rural fire service unit and that in 2001 he was promoted to captain of the Bush Fire Brigade. Little was returned to full-time prison custody. The captain of the Eden Glassy Rural Fire Service supported the convicted arsonist and mass murderer Little as a member of his team and said his colleagues were not troubled by Little's involvement nor was he troubled by any of the other prison inmates who regularly attended the service as volunteer firefighters. He said Little's actions in the past had no relevance to who he is today. We all do stupid things when we are young and I think he is paying for them after 20 years in jail, he said. Not convinced that 28 28 years in jail was long enough for his terrible crimes, the parole board decided to keep Little behind bars a lot longer and when he walked free on parole from Silverwater Jail on the 23rd of April 2010, he had served more than 34 years in jail. Still not even happy with that, Corrective Services Commissioner Ron Woodham warned that Little had never accepted his guilt and remained unable to adapt to life in the community and didn't deserve to be free, Woodham said. Besides, given his love of fire, he would offend again. Reginald John Little will be on parole for the rest of his life. Given that the fact that he cold-bloodedly murdered 15 people and severely burnt many others, uh, it's surprising he was allowed out at all.